You are listening to the Moody Girl Podcast with me, Emily Fazer. Throughout this series, we're going to be opening the minds of experts and delving into the world of alternative healing methods. Before we start this episode, I just wanted to talk to you a little bit about Cytoplan, a unique science-based supplement company with many years of experience in nutritional science and whose emphasis is on quality of product. My medical herbalist swears by them as they don't use any unnecessary bulking agents. Before I found out about Cytoplan, I was taking up to eight supplements a day, all with bulking agents in them. It was such a relief to find out Cytoplan products are extremely pure. I now use them daily and I would recommend them to anyone looking for quality vitamins and supplements. They have a great range for many different health benefits. So if you'd like to find out more, please follow the link in the bio of this episode and check out Cytoplan. You won't regret it. I've personally had so many different health struggles in my life. Doctor-prescribed medicines have often left me feeling worse and as though they are masking the problem rather than actually addressing the root cause. And this has led me to think outside of the box and find holistic ways to feel better in myself. I'm not professing to be some kind of health guru and I'm definitely not a doctor. Just someone who's trying to explore new ways to feel better and make the most out of life. For this episode, I spoke with Lucy Bradley, a professionally trained medical herbalist with years of experience. She's such an incredible person and someone I respect so, so much. I went into the conversation with a big list of questions, but in all honesty, I I don't think I asked one of them. Conversations with Lucy are always so organic and free-flowing and you just kind of lose track of time. And I really feel this episode represents that. I hope you find this beneficial in educating you on the powerful healing properties of herbal medicine. Now, let's get started. So hi, Lucy. Thank you so much for taking the time. I know you've got a million patients, two children, a new puppy. Um, So thank you for taking time out of your day to have a conversation with me. Uh, It's a pleasure. It's a a topic that I really love talking about. So always happy to, to have a chat about it. Amazing. Um, I discovered you in 2020, just kind of during the height of the pandemic on Instagram. I was suffering with my own kind of skin problems. And for anyone listening, I have an autoimmune condition called psoriasis, which is a bit similar to eczema. Um, but it, I mainly have it around my elbows. Um, when we first spoke, I had it flaring up on my face. Um, so I was kind of in a bit of a crisis point and you really helped me transition out of that. Um, and in my day-to-day life now, herbs are so, so important. Um, so, I mean, I have tinctures that you prescribe me every month. So I'll have one in the morning, one in the evening, and then I'll also take my big flask of tea around with me everywhere I go. I'm everyone just knows me for the flask. They're like, are you a witch? (laughs) What, What are you doing? What is that? And I'm like, oh, it's my medical herbalist, you know, she prescribed me and everyone thinks I'm batshit <laughs> so I thought let's start with you explaining what is a medical herbalist okay so as it stands in the UK anybody could call themselves a herbalist so you don't we have no statutory regulation in the UK at the moment 
So anybody could technically call themselves a herbalist, but in order to differentiate a medical herbalist um, is somebody who's done training to a degree level. So a medical herbalist is somebody who has a professional level of training. So those people normally have done a degree course or a diploma course that has certain prerequisites around it that you have to fulfill in order to qualify. We also do clinical training inside of our degree course. And that clinical training normally requires you to do more than 600 hours of clinical training wow. prior to qualification. Amazing. So we also do, uh, we also have to sit clinical exams uh, in order to qualify as a herbalist. So we have to sit normal um board level exams that anybody who's doing a degree would need to do but then on top of that we also have uh clinical training exams that we have to to pass which are very similar to clinical exams that anybody going through a medical training has to do so wow. that involves like clinical examination and differential diagnosis and being evaluated in front of a board as to your practical knowledge and practical skills in terms of doing carrying out examinations wow and how how long is that course usually the course that I did was four years wow. because um, I trained in Scotland yeah so um, but in England you can do a three-year degree course and then you can also do you can also do a distance learning course as well but typically the minimum that you have to do is three years yeah okay so it's a full-on course you can't just really just go to Holland and Barrett and just start prescribing people stuff out there (laughs) (laughs) it is a really really full-on course and yeah it sounds it yeah what often happens as well is that you know you kind of I went into it thinking you know I already had a degree I'd already been to university and had a degree and thought uh you know it can't be that it can't be that hard Mm. and it was super 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 hard because not only are you going through a very rigorous training what also happens typically is that you start to do a lot of your own healing Mm -hmm. as well so you start to go on your own kind of journey or another level of your own journey because you might already be on that path already so you're kind of simultaneously processing a lot of your own stuff and training to be a herbalist so someone in my school had said that training to be a medical herbalist at a particular school that we studied at was like warrior training (laughs) it really was it really like it really really pushed you extremely hard yeah of course and in terms of you know how you got into it you said that you had you were doing it you've done another degree how how did it kind of happen that you fell into well not fell into it but followed that sort of path I did literally fall into it. You're right. Really? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's it started because of my own healing journey, and I think that a lot of people who work in the field of healing or health come from a background of personal experience. Yeah, and that that going through that personal process then drives you into something else. And I had. Um, long-standing systemic health problems since being about 16 and when I was at university at 19 I'd I'd kept going back to the doctor time and time again and it was I don't know 
I don't know what it was, but there was one particular day that I just realized that it wasn't good enough. What they were giving me, it wasn't yeah. good enough. I wasn't satisfied. Yeah. And it wasn't, had this notion that there was something more than the symptoms driving the problem, that there was maybe a root cause or a deeper cause. Absolutely. And so I just... I just kind of, I, I can still see myself at 19 stood outside the doctor's surgery holding a prescription, mm. just saying like, I'm done. Yeah, I'm done. at 19, that's like a really bold move. And like, I feel like we're so conditioned into go to the GP. Um, what they say is gospel. When you leave the GP, you're going to have an answer. But for me, it was going in there, not having an answer, feeling frustrated, going home, feeling isolated, not not knowing where to turn. And it was only through Instagram that I've been able to kind of open my mind to other methods. And that's how I found you. But I mean, to, to kind of feel like that at 19, I think that's quite something. And then so what did you decide from there? Yeah, you know, and I still to this day, don't know why I had that notion of something else because I'm not from a family. Um, I'm not from a family who who knew anything about alternative medicine or anything other than the mainstream paradigm. But I feel incredibly lucky that something in me, mm. you know, just had that thought and um, it really opened my mind. So. Um, I then started, it started with seeing a massage therapist. I kind of, I think that I probably just was like alternative, alternative healing or alternative methods. And I found massage and that really appealed to me. So I started going for regular massage with this woman who I thought was really amazing. And she just, she knew so much about the alternative. She used essential oils and she just, she opened my eyes to the possibility of something else. Mm. And through aromatherapy and body work, I became aware that there was also plant medicines as well. And I also was quite lucky, like a series of events. I had split up with a long-term boyfriend and in that summer that, that that relationship broke down, the previous year, my sister had been and worked on an organic farm in California. Wow. And as I was in like quite a state of distress after this long-term relationship breaking down, my mum and my sister had said, you know, why don't you go out to California for the summer and just go and be in the sunshine and work on this farm and it's really cool and, yeah, you know, just amazing. Kind of groovy people. <laughs> yeah. and yeah why not and when I went and worked on this farm it was really really eye-opening because California obviously is so much further ahead in terms of the alternative scene yeah than anything that I'd been exposed to in the UK and foods the people who owned the farm really knew how to look after themselves they really had sovereignty over their health of course in America because they've got a private healthcare system like yeah. if you want treatment you have to pay for it so it then creates a counterculture of yeah. people wanting to take control of their health yeah and so the the people who ran the farm Todd and Oasis they were just like so inspiring they were really into homeopathy mm. 
and food as medicine and I learned so much from them like they you know everything that came up they were like oh you know you should eat this and you should do that and this will help and they introduced me to things like fasting and colonic irrigation and all kinds of like the full spectrum of healing and the other thing that happened was that they so they did farmers markets on a weekly basis so they a lot of their produce they then sold through farmers markets and going to the farmers markets like I worked at the farmers markets and just met so many interesting people and it was like I feel like we don't have that culture here at all you know in Europe (laughs) they've got farmers markets in and in California definitely but I feel like that's something that's so lacking here you know I'd love to just on the weekend go down the farmer's market and chat with people about you know homegrown vegetables and have similar kind of mindsets but just doesn't happen here everyone's rushing to get to Tesco's shoving it in the back of their car rushing home and it's just I don't know it's just a completely different process yeah totally of course and there's something about that the social aspect of that there too isn't it that like you said you know like on continental Europe the farmer's market is not just a place where you buy products. It's also a place where you connect with people. And that's like a really fundamental thing in terms of being a human being, like our British culture. I mean, the weather doesn't help either, right, in Britain. Yeah, yeah, exactly. In the winter, no one's, everyone's trying to get home fast. (laughs) For sure. So that was really, that really, really opened me up to different stuff. And then when I came back and I was in my final year of university then and food became something that was really important, I'd started looking at ways in which I could improve my health through diets. Like I've literally tried every kind of anti-fungal, anti-candida diet on the, you know, really intense, ridiculous (laughs) diets. (laughs) <laughs> to try, you know, like most people do when you're in a time of crisis you really will totally. look for anything that will help yeah and so food became really important and then as food you know f- food and diet were really fundamental um parts of my health herbs then kind of it was like an it just naturally followed on from there and I bought a book um, I brought Andrew Chevalier's Encyclopedia of Herbal Medicine, a big hardback book, and um, I literally just opened it, looked up what was going on, and then there was I was living in Leeds at the time, and there was a Neil's Yard Remedies in Leeds, and they have an apothecary that you I've can go and that. buy herbs from. I love that shop. It's great. Yeah. So they that was really like my first introduction into buying herbs. And I just literally bought myself a load of herbs and just started giving them to myself and wow. seeing what that did and how that helped. And, and, and it did, just... Did you kind of like record that or did you have like a chart? Like this one made me feel like this. No, it was just kind of like, right, I'm just going to just going to go for it. It was so... It was so just like a massive experiment. It was just, it was a massive experiment. But I also, you know, really admire like my younger self that was just like, this is what I'm doing. You know, I'm, honestly, I'm, I just, I'm, I'm actually like, I'm blown away at how young you were when you just had this like revelation. And at that time, I mean, was Instagram and Facebook, I mean, they haven't really been as big as they are as, you know, the past five, six years. So, I mean, at that point, you just independently were just like, right, that's it. I'm going in a new direction. You are kind of taking health into your own hands. And it just, 
empowers uh, any any patient I, I feel after meeting you yeah for sure and I'm glad that that's the case you know and like looking back now you know I'm 40 now and looking back I really think that it it was the plants that called me you know it's really my life purpose to be a herbalist you know there's no I'm not from that family I'm not from that you know there's there's nothing in my immediate lineage that kind of facilitates that process but I just really think that now it's something that is in me that Mm. I needed to do and kind of fulfills a greater purpose and you know it was actually no it's no surprise to my mum and dad because I've always just been like that that I would you know I even in my teenage years you know I remember saying to my mum we were going to go you know when it was um when there was the eclipse it was it like 1998 or something when we had the the eclipse yeah and I remember saying to my mum we were living in Lancashire at the time and I was saying to my mum I said to my mum we're going to drive to Cornwall me and my me and my boyfriend we're going to drive to Cornwall and we're going to see that eclipse (laughs) and my mum was like you are not going (laughs) just like I don't care you can't stop me I'm going and so I've always just been like that I've always you know I've always chosen my own path and I've always you know I'm sure that's been really hard for my mum and dad at lots of points to be taking such a strong stand Mm. out with what's relatively normal you Mm. know and I'm sure that they were like we we wish you were just more normal and I was just like no sorry (laughs) no not doing that and your sister as well is she that way inclined my sister is um my sister is really interested my sister takes like quite an integrated approach okay in that she's yeah she she kind of has her foot in both camps actually like she um she she does use the doctor but she has also like through her own health problems I think the perspective that she takes is like she recognizes that the mainstream model has its limitations and that she's fortunate enough to to have the resources to be able to stand out with that. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's a bit of both, whereas she's like, yeah, modern medicine has its massive benefits and she's willing to engage in those in certain services. But in other like with her personal health she's very much stepped out of the mainstream services and gone to like functional doctors who do more rigorous testing and integrate things like supplements and diet and she's also very into psychology as well like you know the the role of the mind in terms of our physical health too so she's she's done quite a lot of psychotherapeutic work Mm. in terms of like her own emotional health and and emotional well-being so she's She's a bit of both. I think in my family, I'm very much like Lucy really is the weird, wacky one who's going to just, yeah. (laughs) But they must, I mean, they must find it fascinating though. Like if they, if any of your family have any health issues, do they, do they come to you and talk to, talk to you about it? Or do they, you know, your parents, for instance, do they go down the generic GP route? Um, It's interesting because my mum both my parents, both my parents have had their own kind of health issues going on. Mm-hmm. My mum is very sceptical of the doctors. 
yeah. very skeptical of the doctors. Okay. I think as a woman, you know, you don't get listened to. You no. don't. Yeah. She'd had, while I was training to be a herbalist, she'd had really, really bad menstrual bleeding, horrendous menstrual bleeding. And I said to her, I think you've got fibroids. Mm. And the doctor had basically just been palming her off all the time, you know, like, oh, you know, it's just your age and stage of life. And I'd said to her, I th- you need to push a little bit harder with your doctor and you actually, like, this bleeding is actually completely abnormal and mm. unacceptable and yeah. um, encouraged her to go and have further investigations. And when she pushed it a little bit harder with the GP, they said, oh, you've got loads of fibroids. We're going to have to do a hysterectomy really quickly. What? And it was, and it was that that was like, oh. So my mum has quite a big distrust of of the medical system. Yeah. Before we carry on with the rest of the episode, I just wanted to talk to you about CBD. Since the use of CBD has been legalized in the UK, I've always been super interested in its benefits and how it can help to alleviate anxiety, depression, and assist with better sleep. I found that incorporating CB2 into my self-care rituals has given me the extra relaxation I need after a long and stressful day to bring me out of my head and back to my body. I use CB2's day and night beginner set that features a range of CBD oils in medium and high strength to help you find the perfect level for you. This is accompanied by CBD infused gummies, perfect for life on the go. I found after using CB2's CBD, I sleep like a log and feel really rested in the morning. If you'd like to try out CBD for yourself, Follow the link in the description of this episode and use the code EMILY50 for a 50% discount off of CB2's day and night beginner set. Right, let's get back to the episode. She will go to them, but she's also, my mum very much takes her own health into her own hands, so she... She uses a lot of supplements. She yeah. takes a lot of herbal powders. Yeah. Exercise. Um, she does, you know, she does yoga. She tries and takes as as best care of herself as possible. So she's kind of got that approach. And I think that like most women in a relationship, she is kind of like um helps my dad in terms of his health too and my dad quite a few years ago my dad was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes wow and my mum was really against him going on medication because she was aware that that medication had side effects Mm -hmm. and she took that balanced view of like there are benefits but there are also risks and we do need to consider the risks like that's how you make an informed choice that you do a risk benefit analysis mm. and she she's well read you know she does her own research she's the first person on the internet using dr google and yeah. she had said to my dad um my dad's a dentist right wow. so my dad is very like yeah. mainstream yeah. yeah very yeah. traditional and and also very authoritarian as well that it kind of feeds into that doctor as the authority role yeah But my mum had said to him, I think that we can sort this out. So my dad 
lost four stone in weight. She really supported him and encouraged him to lose weight and also gave him herbal stuff as well and supplements like essential fatty acids and Mm. lots of other things. Um, And actually now he doesn't medically qualify as being diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. That's incredible. I mean, it just goes to show that even though you may be the wacky one in your family, your mum's that way inclined in her own way. And the fact that, you know, through the kind of mistrust of going to the GP and not having those fibroids diagnosed, um, then she's kind of gone out and looked for alternative methods and that's rubbed off. And I feel like, well, as you get older, you start to get more health conditions. You know, I felt like through your 20s, you just drink, 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 don't think about anything, eat what you want. And then as soon as 30 hits, it's like, oh, crap, actually, I've got I've got an autoimmune condition. My hormones are crazy. I mean, my hormones have always been crazy, but something that I was kind of condition from a young age from my mum was always when we go to the GP make sure that when we go in there you really over egg it so even if it's not that bad you say it's really bad because otherwise they'll palm us off and that was just and if I was ever going to have a GP appointment it would always be an emergency one and everyone would say oh you know I've got to wait till next Wednesday for a GP appointment I said why do you do that say it's an emergency every time But that's just because I was so used to my mum going in there with a list of things that she needed to talk about, no one listening to her, everyone saying you're a hypochondriac, um, and that then kind of coming down to me and not having anyone to talk to about it. So it's just everywhere I kind of go, everyone's got their own story about, you know, oh, I've been trying to help my mum who's, you know, going through this or trying to help my auntie he's going through that and they can't get an appointment and and it's just frustration I think it's leading in a lot of hopefully you know we will start mirroring California in the way that we are more open-minded um and and everyone knows about medical herbalists and everyone should be taking daily herbs you know And I think that COVID has been really, you know, the pandemic has been very catalytic in Mm. terms of helping people to see that actually their health is in their own hands and that loads more people are kind of waking up to, um, you know, the poor services that are provided by the doctor, be that like not either not getting what you want or not having those extra questions and or also just like the amount of shit that goes down in the NHS you know like maternity services is one to look at you know like the kind of shit that they pull on women like I think that women now not just actually pandemic you know it was like me too um black lives matter pandemic you know those three really big events in history have finally allowed people especially women to start saying no like just saying like yeah this isn't okay and this is this is a service and what I hear a lot of people saying is is that if only the doctor would say I'm so sorry we can't help you yeah And, and that's it like recognizing their limits and I think that the time We're now coming to an end of an era where doctors are the all-seeing and the all-knowing in terms of our health, because I think that a lot of people are having the confidence to say, like, this isn't satisfactory or this isn't enough, you know, and 
um, the health services, but it would be great if if doctors, more doctors, because of course there are some doctors who are incredible doctors. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, you've just got to find the right one. You've um, got to find the right one, and it's just that they're very few and far between, and also having doctors who will say, you know, why don't you try something else? Like, I can't help you within what I can do. I can't help you, but what about if you tried X, Y, and Z? Like I've got one, a family of patients who who live over on the East Coast and they have this amazing doctor who is super open to herbal medicine and super open to supplements and will regularly, I've had conversations with her about how to treat the patient, you know, because her priority is the well-being of the patient so her ego that's, is not in not, the that's game what it should be though why why is this ego come in the door and sit down at the doctor's table why should that be the prominent thing and what it's it goes so much further than that and being a doctor surely should be about doing the best thing for the patient who's suffering but it isn't it's not that yeah and often you know like i quite often write letters to consultants because mm. quite a lot of my patients are under consultant care and communicating with consultants is really different like they're very open and yeah. um some of the consultants that I've had conversations with you know even they take what they would call a holistic approach to you know that they take into consideration social factors family circumstances diet all of these things and they're recommending you know taking certain dietary approaches trying to support people emotionally if they've got a lot of stress going on on a family level and that they know that that kind of care is really what's going to benefit the patient but yeah there's a lot of really wild stuff going on yeah And it's and it just feels as though, you know, just taking a pill is never, ever, you know, obviously in extreme situations where, you you know, you really do need to take those, then obviously I'm going to advocate that for for the right condition. But um, personally, for me, it just hasn't hasn't seemed like the right thing to do. And I think for a lot of people, um, it's not the right thing to do, but it's the only the only kind of way that we can go. Yeah, it's interesting because like something that I often think about, like one of the reasons that I became a herbalist was because I realized how poorly equipped we were to take care of our families. Mm -hmm. You know, so like in my 20s, I was thinking, so I was 24 when I when I started to train to be a herbalist. And I was thinking, you know, if I have a family, if I have a family of my own, and in terms of my my existing family, like I felt so helpless. Like, what can I do to help them? Like, yeah. what 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 have we got? What tools and resources have we got on hand? You know, besides diet, like, what tools and resources have we got on hand to help? And I just had this overwhelming urge to feel well resourced and like one of the things I think that needs to happen is that we just need to have like a paradigm shift in terms of like how children are raised so like you know when you're going through school um you know like even at primary level like teaching children about their emotional selves and their emotional well-being and like you know my my eldest child is eight and she's she's aware of things like mental health and that our whole selves is important and and also that like mothers 
you know, they don't they don't know how to use like home remedies. So they're not even when you've got kids, you know, if they've got a cold or whatever, they just go to the might just go to the pharmacy and pick something up from there rather than looking at something natural. And that's like something that's really, really, really important to me now is like that we're making generational differences. So my kids, obviously, I'm a herbalist, so they've you know, I, they've never, I don't take them to the doctor. They don't need to go because I, I treat them and look after them myself. They've never had anything really, really serious going on. So that have you, have they ever been to, to a GP before your children? Have My ever- eldest daughter has been to the GP once for yeah. a positive diagnosis of chicken pox. Wow. And that's eight years. I mean, I can remember up to eight being kind of carted off to the GP countless times, you know, Um, and that was just from, you know, mum trying to protect her children and make sure she's doing the right thing. At that point, medical herbalists were probably just didn't have a clue, you know. Um, But yeah, so that's amazing, though. And what and what how does she feel about, you know, the work that you do? Yeah, she's. um... I did a little video with her recently, actually. It's on my Instagram grid because I wanted to, I'd asked her. She's obviously grown up seeing me be a herbalist. We've always had the apothecary at home. You know, she's given herbs. Herbs is really normal for her. Her dad's her dad's very um her dad's very much engaged in herbal medicine as well. So that's really normal for him and his family. That's lovely. And but she, yeah, so I wanted to ask her because actually she didn't know what a doctor was till she was about three. Wow. Um, so I had to tell her what a doctor was. And yeah, I did this little interview with her recently about what she thought about me being a herbalist and what she thought about medicine. And um, most of her friends know that I'm a herbalist. So like at, at school, when I go to pick her up, recently one of them came up to me and said like are you a doctor and I was like "Mm, not really no not not a doctor but I you know I work with people around their health and I use plant plant plant-based medicines and they obviously talk about it Imani's well versed in it and talks about it at school and with her friends and how how cool is that though that she's able to spread that knowledge in the playground like that is just absolutely Yeah. And even like there's there's other things, too, you know, like so she's seen having, you know, her younger sister, seven years younger than her. So she's that's a big gap that she has a different perspective. So she's even she's seen me giving herbs to the baby. Mm. So she knows that it's just very normal for her to be using herbs like she. Yeah, it's just that's that's what's normal for her. And even things like. So my youngest daughter was born at home and that was something that was really important to me because I wanted, I want it to be normal in Imani's mind that babies are born at home, you know, Mm. and that women's bodies are designed for birth and that you can birth out with the current medical system, that that's not something. And I'm not saying that I had a home birth just for that reason. There was lots of reasons, but that is something, you know, because Imani now says to her school friends, they had a conversation recently where they were, uh, one of her school friends, mom's friends had had a baby and she was saying, oh, we're going to visit the baby in hospital. And Imani had said, why is there something wrong with the baby? Is that why it's in hospital? And they were like, 
no, the baby was born in hospital. And Imani was like, but babies are born at home. That's and fantastic. Her and her friends had this kind of disagreement because Imani was like, no, babies are born at home. And so, because quite a lot of my friends have also birthed at home. And yeah. we often, I'm, I make a very conscious effort to make her aware, like, oh, another baby's been born at home. You know, mm-hmm. another, look, I support quite a lot of women through pregnancy and childbirth and saying to them, we went and visited someone locally the other day to drop some herbs off and she had an eight day old baby. And I said, baby born at home. <laughs> 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 that is also spreading yeah for sure because that younger generation is really important and I run um at last year I started teaching a herbal medicine course for parents wow so that more people can have more agency at home in terms of not going to the GP that's amazing I think like in terms even the home birth thing for me I mean my mum was born through a home home birth um, and my grandma's still living in the house that she was born in. And so that's always kind of, you know, but from that was, yeah, that was normal obviously back in the day, but then my mum was very much hospital and even just you talking about it now. And even though I'm super into holistic healing and way of life, even that hasn't kind of crossed my mind yet. You know, I'm kind of getting to the age where I'm going to start thinking about children um, but yeah, I, that's something that's even so kind of far away from what I've even thought. You know, I don't really know anyone who's had a baby at home apart from my my, my grandma. Um, so yeah, thank you for kind of highlighting that and, and normalizing it because I've kind of just know that my mum's had four cesareans. I should probably go into the hospital because maybe I'll need a cesarean. You know, all these like things that just and it's crazy because no one talks about this. I I really haven't ever had a conversation about home birth before and. You know, I knew I've got a list of questions written down and I knew that when as soon as we kind of got recording that none of those questions are going to get spoken about, because this is what happens when we chat. We just end up kind of organically talking about um, about everything, which is which is great. Um, I mean, I guess the thing you need to think about is, is like, remember where you were at you know, in terms of your personal health. And it was only when you started asking questions, like you realized that you thought about health in a certain way, you know, and you had a lot of conditioning attached to that. Mm. And then when you started asking questions, you started breaking that down. And then, of course, like systems thinking became more normal for you. And that's what actually made sense to you. So birth is the same thing, you know, Mm. it's just that, we've got a set of questions that we haven't looked at mm-hmm. and we've got conditioning attached to that mm-hmm. that just needs looking at. And then once we've kind of gone through that exploratory process, we can then make a decision about it. You know, I can unequivocally say through my experience, you know, last year I supported 30 women through pregnancies and I would unequivocally say that you are safer to give birth at home than in hospital. And wow. all of the women who wow. birthed in hospital had multiple complications and trauma. Really? None of the women who had home births had that. Whoa. Okay. That is like, honestly, mind baffling to me right now. <laughs> I'm just like, this, this is about medical herbalism. Now it's gone into home birth and that's probably something I need to look into after this, but wow. Okay. That's like insane. Um, whilst we're kind of, so, so back on medical herbalism, 
Um, is there anything that you kind of, you know, would like to share to the listeners who, you know, who may be struggle- struggling with their health, not quite sure what to do, uh, what direction to take? Um, you know, are there any kind of herbs that you would bulk prescript to like the whole of the general public or is it really personal? Does it always have to be, you know, prescribed a tailored plan almost? Yeah. And, you know, first of all, what I would say is like, trust yourself. Yeah. You know, those, you know, we go to the doctor and we get minimized or we just get completely fobbed off. That voice that you've got inside yourself that that says like, I know something is wrong. Yeah. Or I know that this is important. Like maybe there's something about your your health or what's going on that you're you know like maybe it's food you know maybe you might think like dairy products like they definitely don't work for me and even if you say that to the doctor and the doctor says food has nothing to do with your health <laughs> listen to yourself you know because yeah. like that's it like the patient always knows like the you always know that there's something about, and I think that if you can stay true to yourself and find someone who will acknowledge that, then that is really transformational in terms of your personal health journey. And I think it's it's really hard to say, like, is there, is there, is there one, you know, is there a herb or herbs that you could have in your life? You know, I think the thing is, like, I've, I've very much changed my opinion over the 10 plus years that I've been a practitioner. And I think that yeah. if you start using herbs, like, at home, it literally doesn't matter what it is, it's that you use them, you know, mm. and the thing is, is that herbs are literally like a gateway drug. <laughs> In terms of like, they open this portal to you, you know, so something that, you know, chamomile, you know, is like chamomile and mint are really popular herbs at home. And that even if you switch out like your tea bags for um, a better quality of herbs. So if you're, you know, switch from buying tea bags to buying herbs from a herb list, for example, you know, if they've got like a range, you know, I've got like an e-commerce shop that I do a range of pre-blended herbal teas, like switch over to those and you'll start to notice that you, that it will start to change how you feel about them. Lots of people do things like ashwagandha Mm -hmm. or milk thistle or rhodiola or ginseng or maca powder, you know, all of these aloe vera, echinacea, all of these kind of more mainstream herbs like whatever it is just get into it and just trust that process and go into it more and I think like the big difference it's really interesting because I you know over the past few years I mean over the over the decades that I've been working I've treated people who are really into herbs so they've done a lot of like self-healing themselves and then they've come to me And they couldn't believe the difference in terms of taking herbs for themselves and taking a prescription and getting that support. So seeing a medical herbalist is not just about having herbs 
tailored individually to you. It's also about the expertise that they bring through their clinical experience that is also really going to change your health and well-being. So I think that you can everybody should have herbs in their daily life you know we co-evolved with plants yeah you know we have receptor cells in our bodies for plant chemicals and and it's something that our bodies need and we should take on a daily basis herbs are also in food right so if you people use herbs on a daily basis they're just not very conscious that they're doing so even if that's just like oregano on your pizza, you know, it's still <laughs> still taking herbs. Yeah. And it's about like expanding that consciousness into a broader picture. But herbs are a really fundamental part of being a human being living on planet Earth. Yeah. And that if we can open our eyes to that and bring them in more, then then that's going to change the way that we are in our health and our well-being. But Prescription medicine is really is really different because <clears throat> it is really specific to you. And um yeah, there's some kind of magic that exists between the patient, the practitioner, and the herbs. It's like a, a holy trinity. Honestly, you know? when, do you remember when I messaged you and I said um I at this point when we first met, I'd done the most insane juice cleanse, I'd cut out alcohol caffeine dairy meat everything you can think of pretty much and um, did a super restrictive diet during the the first lockdown and it still wasn't healing my skin and that's when I spoke to you and you were like yeah you know you're you're healthy you're living a healthy lifestyle it's not necessarily just that it goes further than that anyways you prescribed me um the tinctures I had some um golden milk to take at night um supplements also bulking agents were in loads I was taking eight supplements a day all with bulking agents in you were like no no get rid of those here's actually good quality supplements so that's also something listeners to uh, remember look at the back of vitamins if there's bulking agents chuck them in the bin there's no point in having them um and look at kind of Lucy's recommended cyto plan for me um but yeah it was as though I felt for the first time ever like I was feel um healing from the inside out and I can't tell you how that feels but it was just I just knew instinctively my body knew that I was healing and I've never felt something like that before and that's why I'm just such a huge advocate of it and I don't even drink normal tea now I always have your herbal tea I can't go without it um and just I just think it needs to be more mainstream especially in the UK um so thank you so 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 much for helping me on my personal journey and for taking the time to to tell your story today I'm so happy, you know, and something that's really important to me is that I really want herbal medicine to be normal, you know, which is why I'm really passionate about <clears throat> using social platforms for yeah. for getting that message out there. And I do a lot of work, you know, it could be a full time job for me, the marketing that I do around herbal like medicine. It's not just about me wanting popularity it's about me wanting more people to have really good quality information from a professional person that's reliable and trustworthy and clinically experienced so that platform has become really important because something that I hear all the time is like you know I'm so happy that you're here on social media because Mm. the information that you share is really helping me and it's helped to change my health and that's it like the more that we can normalize it and also get 
you know, I'm a professional person. I'm not. And I really want herbal medicine to be respected in that way, that it's efficacious, yeah. it's, it's thought through. You know, the practitioners are, are really, really fantastically trained people and that yeah. they should be respected as really amazing practitioners. So, you know, on behalf of all of herbal medicine, you know, I just want, yeah, I appreciate you doing this to get that word out there to more people. No, it's been totally, totally life-changing just kind of starting this path with you. So hopefully anyone who's listening um, will start that journey too. Great. Wonderful. Thank you so much for today. I really enjoyed the time talking to you. No worries. Thanks so much, Lucy. Take care. Okay, thank you. Bye. Bye. Wow, what an incredible woman Lucy is and what important work she's doing. I really wanted to introduce you to Lucy in this first episode because she's been absolutely fundamental for my own healing journey. I hope you found it first and foremost informative and if you're at a point in your life in which you want to make a change or invest in your health, then please look into incorporating herbs into your daily routine. There's so much more to learn on this subject and I feel like we've only scratched the surface really. In my opinion, medical herbalists should be as accessible as your local GP. I'm so, so glad there are people like Lucy Bradley striving to make such positive changes. I will personally never look back now that I've discovered the power of herbal medicine. If you'd like to find out more, you can contact Lucy directly on Instagram at Lucy Bradley Herbalist and Lucy is spelt L-U-C-I-E or you can email her at yestrees at gmail.com. If you've enjoyed listening to the Moody Girl podcast, please hit subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes and it would be so appreciated if you gave the podcast a review. For socials, please follow at Moody Girl Official for all updates along with our website moody-girl.co.uk. Thank you listeners for joining me on the first Moody Girl podcast. Stay tuned for the second episode.